0: Life Church created this podcast because we all need healthy conversations with real people. So, this podcast is here to help you start real conversations with your life group, friends, and family. Now, on to the show.
1: Welcome to the You've Heard It Said podcast. This is Allie, and today we have a very special bonus episode. So, I'm actually recording this on my phone right now in my closet, and the reason I'm doing that is because we recorded so much great content this season that we actually needed a whole other episode to fit it all in. So this episode is a little bit of a part two about our earlier episode about generosity. We heard so many amazing stories about why generosity can build our faith And so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, please do so before this one, but we wanted to provide a little more about the practical side of generosity. Sometimes we want to be generous, but there's so many ways and places to be generous that we're not really sure where to start. So we wanted to talk with Austin Taylor, who works on our life groups and life missions team about some of our global mission partners. We loved getting to hear from Dr. Valerio from Tearfund earlier on this season, so we just wanted to provide even more context about our church's global mission strategy. We think that you're really going to love it, so let's get to it. Well, Austin, welcome back to the You've Heard It Said podcast. You get to see our global partnerships a lot, and so I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about the values that we have when we consider
0: onboarding partners. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me back on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife Tiffany and I love this podcast, and we actually use it in our own life group, which you know because <laughs> which, you're in yeah. our life group, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> so, I do have a really awesome seat here at Life Church of getting to watch what happens with our global partners. And so, I'd love to share more about that. We currently have 10 global partners, and that number is growing. We will likely have around 16 or so by the end of this year. Wow! And that's because we're expanding into some new areas of partnership that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. The first value checkpoint that we would look at when we're considering bringing on a new organization as a new global mission partner is simply, does this organization work within one of the main areas that we're committed to as a church? Mm-hmm. And so we specifically have four Global Missions causes that we're committed to as a church. The first one is Bible translation. So that's helping Mm. every person on earth experience the Bible in their own language. The second is crisis relief. These are organizations that bring relief and support in the aftermath of a natural disaster or a humanitarian crisis, even human trafficking. Mm. The third is church-based community development. So this is resourcing local churches so that they can reach their communities effectively, especially in areas of extreme poverty. And the fourth uh, is a new area for us, and it's actually church planting. So Mm -hmm. we're exploring this new area of what it looks like for Life Church to be part of launching and supporting other churches, both here in the U.S. and around the world. So that's really going to be the first question we ask is, is an organization that we're looking at involved in one of these four types of work? Mm -hmm. So beyond that, we have a whole rubric of values that we look for in organizations that we're potentially going to partner with. And that includes things like their financial stewardship and transparency, their emphasis on leaders being from that local community, so it's people within that community driving the change, their program model and and how effective it is, how sustainable it is, the role of the local church in their programs, that's super important to us. And even for some of our partnerships, um, we have specific geographic areas that we're looking at. So we're committed as a church to the country of Malawi and the Mm -hmm. region of Central America. So we have specific partnerships in those areas as well.
1: Thanks for sharing all of that with us. So how did we land on that approach and what made us choose those values in particular?
0: So first, I think it's important to note that we recognize it takes all kinds of organizations, churches, ministries, people with all different kinds of gifts and focus areas to reach the world for Christ. That's Mm. just part of being the kingdom together. But we also know that we need to have a very clear, laser-focused vision, for the types of partnerships that God has called us to. So in developing the rubric that we use today to evaluate all of our potential partnerships, we started by thinking about what is our church's mission and Mm -hmm. what are our church's core values because those drive everything we do. Mm -hmm. And that has really helped clarify our vision and decision-making process for evaluating any kind of partnership. So for instance, when we say that excellence honors God and inspires people, we need to ask ourselves, how is excellence being lived out in our partnerships? And if we believe that God through the local church is the hope of the world, how is that being expressed within our global mission strategy? Because all of our partnerships should further the mission that God's called our church to of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. So when we're looking at different organizations and figuring out who we're going to partner with, we look for alignment with the core values that matter deeply to the heart of our church and how those values are being demonstrated in their work.
1: Hmm. I think that's really helpful because there are so many places to give. It can feel overwhelming to know where do I even put my money. And so I'm curious about you personally. How do you decide where to give? And what advice would you give to anybody else who's listening and feeling like, well, all of these sound great. How do I know where I want to give?
0: Yeah, Uh, that's an awesome question. And I love the heart behind it because we all want to be confident that when we give our resources somewhere, we're going to see a return for Mm -hmm. that investment. So Uh, here's my suggestion. First, define your values. Mm -hmm. What are you most Mm -hmm. passionate about? If if you could right one wrong in the world, what would that be? And Mm -hmm. what kind of legacy do you want your life to leave? If you can determine what values or causes are most important to you, you can really let that drive your decisions of where you want to invest and how you want to be generous. And next, I would say Do some research to find out which organizations are really making an impact in that area. And don't be shy in digging for Mm -hmm. info. So if something's not clear on somebody's website or you have a question about how they do what they do, reach out, um, Mm -hmm. ask them questions. What I found is nonprofits love talking about Mm -hmm. the work that they do. So ask for more info so that you can feel confident about where your money is going. And there are also websites out there like ecfa.org, GuideStar, Charity Navigator, these are places that evaluate different organizations, so you can see how they stack up against standards that organizations typically commit to, mm. widely accepted practices, and you can see um, what an outside voice says about mm. this organization. Oh. And my last tip would be just to consider giving to something that has made a personal impact in your life, mm. or in your family, or in your community. And this is a you know shameless plug here, but <laughs> the the primary place my wife and I give is right here at Life Church, mm. and. From my seat on the team, I get to see all the strategy, all the decision-making process that goes into how our church invests our resources for the highest kingdom impact, and I love that. When we give, we get to simultaneously support over a hundred local and global mission partners that Life Church has vetted carefully, and so I feel really confident when I give to the church that we get to make such a broad impact. And that's not to mention all the stuff with our campuses and with Life Church Online and the Version Bible app. So, because of all of that, and really because our church has made such an impact in our lives and in our faith, we want to give back and we want to be part of making that happen for other people. So, I would encourage anyone listening give back. Mm-hmm. Give back to something that has made a personal impact in your life. And just for me and my wife personally, that's here at Life Church.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think that's all really great advice. And I love that you were encouraging us to really look into the nonprofits we're considering. So as we're doing that, are there any red flags that maybe would cause you to pause before you give someone money?
0: Unfortunately, there are. There are some obvious red flags. Uh, so, for instance, if something feels scammy, it probably is. <laughs> if there's a Nigerian prince asking for <laughs> your money and he promises to give you $10 million, <laughs> don't fall for it. And obviously, sometimes it's not that extreme. It could even be someone on social media that you don't mm-hmm. know reaching out and asking for donations. So, I would just encourage people to be diligent. Ask yourself is this someone that you know and that you trust? It's just good awareness to have. Organization-wise, a couple of things that I think are important to look into are things like an organization's financial stewardship and their transparency. Mm -hmm. Who are they accountable to? What does their Mm -hmm. leadership structure look like? Do they have a board? What's their reputation like? How do other people view this organization? And then what is the character of their leadership like? How does the leadership of that organization treat their employees? Are they steady? Are they grounded? Do they seem like they're off the rails? The leader usually sets the tone for the organization. So those things are all really important for me personally.
1: Hmm, That's good advice. So I wondered if you could share about a time where you saw work being done as a result of our church's giving. And how did that make you feel?
0: Yeah. I just recently got back from a trip to Guatemala to visit our newest global mission partner, which is Living Water International. If you want to check them out, their website is just water.cc. They're an amazing organization. We're so excited to partner with them. Uh, If you haven't heard, here are just some really quick stats around the global water crisis. First, there are currently 2.4 billion people in the world today whose primary source of drinking water is biologically contaminated, Mm. often with sewage. It's just even hard to wrap your mind around that. Number and how massive it is. Tragically, every year, 829,000 people die from Mm. preventable water related illnesses, and 35% of those deaths are children. Mm. Then there's this other aspect of this unbelievable time loss that women and children spend 200 million hours a day, every day, hauling water, which keeps them out of work Mm. and school. So, all of this is the context for Living Water's work. And in Guatemala, we actually got to visit three different communities that they're working in. The first one, They were actually in the process of drilling a water well when we got there. And they had been drilling for, I think, about a week when we showed up and were within days of striking water. So you could just feel the buzz and the excitement. You've got this whole group of people from that community working on the drill. And if you can picture this, it's just this probably two-story tall blue giant drill, I don't even know how to describe it really. And interestingly, if I remember right, the name of the drill was actually Princess. So that's kind of (laughs) funny to think about (laughs) all these people working on the Princess drill. (laughs) And you could tell every moment they're waiting in expectation to know, is this going to be the moment that we hit water? And you've got the core people that have been there for days just working so hard. And you've got the church leaders that are there driving this whole process. Then you've got the people, you know, just riding their bikes past the village who are stopping to say, uh, you know, what's going on here? There's curiosity, there's interest of what is happening in this community because it feels big. And I just love that it drew so much attention and it really brought the whole community together then over kind of really near the drill, there was a a class being taught by the church outside. And so you can imagine like they're sitting in chairs outside, the drills probably, I don't know, 50 feet away from them. So it's loud. And they're teaching everyone from kids to their parents to their grandparents even safe hygiene practices and what it's gonna look like for this community to have clean water. I'm just remembering how fun they made that class. There was a puppet show, there were contests to see who could wash their hands the right way and teaching them all the correct ways to do those things. And what I loved is that with Living Water, everything is driven through the local church. Mm. And a water well project is actually the starting point, not the ending point of their work. So it's the catalyst for the church to begin rallying the community and leading the way for sustainable change in their community. So a quick story is, you know, we talked with one community member, and he said that before they had partnered with Living Water, the people of the community just felt distant from the church. They did Mm. not have a great relationship with their community. Mm. But after this nine-day process of drilling together for water in their community and the That magical moment, you know, that you might see on social media sometimes where they finally strike water Mm. and what that means to a community. And even just through those days of drilling together, three people actually came to know Christ at that church.
1: And now
0: there's this new relationship forming between the church and the community that they're serving. And some of the youth who are actually involved in maintaining the well are also now a part of the church. (laughs) So you can just see all these ripple effects of the church being in the center of the work So for me personally, I just loved getting to see how this work is being played out firsthand. And to know this is actually just one of all the global partners, just Mm. one community, one church, one partner that we get to support as a church and all of our partners are actually impacting 106 countries. So it makes me so proud of what we're part of and also challenges me to grow in my own faith and in my own generosity.
1: I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us, Austin, because we don't always get to hear the stories of our global partners. So hearing that is just really exciting. I just love the heart behind their church's global mission strategy, and you can learn even more about it at missions. Okay, so before we recorded this season, talking about money and time was not really the most exciting thing to me. Like, I actually do like talking about generosity, but the practical elements of money and time, not really my thing. But the more that I heard people talk about finances and time and calendars and all the things the more that I really thought like, wow, these topics are really important and they actually are pretty exciting. So I hope that the same has been true for you or at least that your life group has been able to have some really good conversations about these things. So I'm gonna leave us with one final question. Jesus said that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the big question for this week is where is your heart? And how might you place your heart more on the kingdom of God and less of the things of this world. And just spend some time thinking about that, reflecting on it, then talking about it with your life group, your friends, and your family. Hey, if you've made it this far, you're the kind of person who goes the extra mile, and we love that about you. So here's something you can do to keep that up. Don't just listen to this conversation. Talk about what you heard with some people in your life. We'll even provide some questions and resources to help you get started in the conversation guide, which is always linked in the
0: show notes wherever you're listening. Have a great week.